Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution. We are globally going through a time of extreme stress and anxiety, and many of us feel disconnected from our true selves. I am one of them. I have struggled with anxiety all my life, and this past year, it's been rearing its head with a vengeance. And this is why I'm extremely grateful to speak to today's guest. Kelsey Patel is one of Hollywood's leading wellness and Reiki experts and an expert in burnout. She has literally helped thousands struggling with burnout and anxiety in the last decade and more. Kelsey is not only a sought-after spiritual empowerment coach, movement teacher, and meditation instructor, but she's also a multifaceted entrepreneur focused on conscious capitalism and an inspirational speaker. She's the creator of the Pure Joy app, and founder of Magic Vibes, a soul-enhancing lifestyle brand that includes her very own wellness meets spirituality podcast, Magic Vibes. And she's also the author of Burning Bright, rituals, Reiki, and self-care to heal burnout, anxiety, and stress. summer and I have passionately dedicated the last 12 years of my life to creating the ultimate human experience mentally, physically and spiritually based on the most powerful ancient teachings and cutting edge modern discoveries and technologies. The Superhumanized podcast is a show committed to sharing what I have learned from the world's leading experts in order to help you achieve your full potential and create your best life ever. Kelsey, thank you for being here today. It's such a pleasure. I am so honored. Thank you so much for having me and opening up your beautiful platform for this conversation today. It's such an important one. And I think your work is so, so relevant. Um, in your book, you speak about uh, that we're, you know, living in an age of anxiety. And I mentioned that you helped so many people who are, you know, your clients and students. Uh, but not only that, you have a very personal history with um, anxiety. And I would love for the listeners to get to know you and your backstory a bit better, because it's also quite an unusual path you had from <laughs> your past life to becoming one of the major voices in the healing and spirituality space today. Well, thank you. You know, it's funny, I think for many of us, when we're in, when you're in the process of living your actual human journey, you're not at all aware of how it will unfold and, and what it will lead into. And I certainly can be the first to tell you, I never, ever, ever did I ever think that I would be sitting here, um, you know, doing, doing podcasts and teaching people about things like taking a three minute dance break in between zoom calls, like, you know, turning off all of the notifications on your phone to be completely unavailable when you decide that you need just for you time. Um, and 
I would say, you know, on to me, my story isn't unique at all. I think it's 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 obviously my life, so it's it's my life. It's not unique to me the way that other people have shared similar sentiments to what you just said about my journey. Everything I did, to be honest, it always felt um, right. It always felt like the next best move and the next best thing for me. And I, I never had the trajectory or the the sight, the plan to say, this is exactly what I want to do and this is how I do it. I don't think many people do. Um, but I think when we follow those little nudges of this is scary and I'm I'm overwhelmed by this change, but I know like on the deepest thread inside of my DNA that, that, that I have to do this, that I have to make this change, that I have to make this shift in my life. Um, and that's kind of the... the the crumbs that I would follow along my path. Um, I would say, you know, it didn't come easy most often. I think that's now I've realized those are sometimes the way that I learned to work with God in the universe was by having something really not work out and realize that I was the common denominator. Um, so yeah, I mean, I can of course go into details about how that happened, but for everybody who's listening, you know, I think it's it's really about following those those smallest parts of ourselves inside those little voices, even when it feels really scary and hard. But you know, deep, deep, deep inside, and only you know this truth um, that it's right for you to make that next move. Mm. Yes, because uh, you just touched upon this briefly, but um, as in, you know, uh, your your backstory and that it was different, but it may be worthwhile for the listeners to know that you actually worked on Capitol Hill mm -hmm. with Senate, and then also you transitioned into working for a Fortune 500 company. So you have seen all kinds of <laughs> yeah. different uh, stress, high pressure and oh. stressful environments. You've lived through it yourself. And I just think it's so fantastic to transition um, and, and grow and just go with these changes and shifts. It just sounds like you really always had a very strong connection to your inner voice and also a trust to follow it. I did, you know, I, and I think I, I really believe that each and every one of us has that. I really I, I've coached thousands of people over the years, um, you know, getting them more connected and more familiar with that part of themselves. Um, but I truly, I mean, I wouldn't do this work if I didn't believe in it. You know, I, there's many other things that I'm interested in, many other paths that I, as you said, from my sort of my past work that I could have followed. And I, you know, this was something where once I started to see how things like Reiki and meditation and breath work and freedom, um, you know, and that, and freedom, like from within the freedom to say, fuck it, this is what I need right now. And I don't care if it's weird and I don't care if it's crazy and I don't care if it sounds ridiculous. I know that I need this. And that freedom that you can build within yourself to trust that nudge, to trust that, that knowing is really, I'd say, what brought my healing. And I'll just share briefly based on what you shared is I did, I, my first job was on Capitol Hill in the United States Senate in Washington, DC for several years. From that job, I moved to LA and um, I didn't have a job in LA when I moved here. It was, I needed to get out of DC and I knew that it was bad for me and I had 
horrible, excruciating back pain. And I was in a very toxic relationship with this on and off again, boyfriend, um, that it was, it was just toxic. And I knew that if I stayed in DC, I would not escape that, that cycle. And so it was really more of a, like the last thinnest thread that you have a piece of clothing staying together was what that was the energy with which I left DC on. I think I had a neck brace on because I was in and out of the office of the chiropractor and doctor from um, this back pain that was long going and it just escalated into my whole neck freezing and not being able to move for days at a time. Um, And I was sick all the time. I was constantly on an antibiotic. I was constantly getting a cold or getting um, a urinary tract infection. And I just knew that this was not a sustainable path. And I knew that this was, this was going to be my long-term haul if I stayed. And so by that thin thread, I left and moved to LA with a friend and as luck would have it, I, through a connection, I was able to get a great job in a fortune 500 company um, going from public servant to corporate employee. And I had no idea what the corporate life was like. And then I realized it was not going to be any better for me because I was on a plane every week. I was traveling. I was eating shitty, horrible foods. I was, you know, with all the the men in the company at these dinners and early breakfasts with bacon and eggs and hot, like just gross. (laughs) And I gained all this weight and I'd been a dancer and, and very active my whole life. So it was very hard to feel that lethargy and I started to do yoga. I started to get into some meditation practices. And that was when I tried this bar-based class called Pure Bar. And lo and behold, long story short, several years later, after this grind of the corporate world, I decided to open up my very own Pure Bar studio. So I went from Fortune 500 company, the corporate life to the entrepreneurial life, and it only got worse. (laughs) That stress and that anxiety, like going to bed, wondering if there was going to be enough toilet paper, if the teacher was going to wake up for the 6.30 a.m. class, like it was just a nightmare. And that was really when I can say I started to realize that I was the common denominator and that this wasn't me just happening to find all these shitty circumstances that made my back pain bad and my anxiety high, that I had to be the one to start to change. And that's when I got into all the other practices. Superhumanize. Yes. And that's amazing. And to be able to um, tap into that self-awareness and then follow it also, that is just it's one of the most valuable things we can do. I feel that that often our capacity to do so is so clouded by our external circumstances, mm. especially things like anxiety. I mean, even before this pandemic we're globally going through right now, I uh, and, and anxiety, of course, is compounded by it. I think our culture, our society is just struggling so much with it. And, um, you know, I mentioned it uh, in the introduction, I have over the years, learned personally to manage my anxiety with different techniques and herbs and lifestyle changes. But in times of stress, it still pops up. And Mm. sometimes even to a point where I can't breathe, I get panic attacks, 
I know a lot of people are going through that. Many, many people are affected by anxiety in some form or another. And it's, it's also one of the main focuses in your book, Burning Bright, which resonated so much with me. And I'd really like to take a deep dive into anxiety with you, not mm-hmm. only because it's so unpleasant and even debilitating <laughs> at times, <laughs> but I think it really, it cuts us off from our true selves and keeps us living our fullest potential as individuals, but also as a collective. So um, I want to talk about the root of it. And in, in your mind, what is the root of anxiety? Yeah, I'm so happy you're, you're putting such a highlight on this and a spotlight and, you know, and just even hearing you talk about it as well for your own life experience. You know, I think there's different levels of people who experience anxiety. I just want to start that off because anything that I'm going to say, I certainly do not ever want to take away from someone who's having things like panic attacks and, um, and it has really gets sort of taken over by their feelings and of anxiety. And I want to really honor that part of each individual experience with anxiety, because what might be very intense and overwhelming for one is something that I've learned over the years with so many people and having my own life experience is not it doesn't maybe transmute and translate the same way for another person who has anxiety, but it's a completely different, um, there's a completely different background and reason why. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So I just want to caveat by saying, you know, as we talk about this, for anyone who does struggle with anxiety, my biggest thing is to really give yourself permission to look deep, deep, deep within And allow yourself to start to peel back the layers of the onion of where that root inside of your anxiety is coming from. And oftentimes, it's not the best idea to try to do that when you're in the middle of an anxiety or a panic attack, because your whole system is getting overtaken by this energy and this feeling. And so trying to compound it by figuring it out and rationalizing and and figuring out the reasons why is not really a, a good time or place to start with it, right? In that moment, you just kind of have to do the practices that that usually work for you. And then after it's subsided and you're in a state where you feel well and you feel balanced and you feel a sense of peace, you can look back at that moment, not to relive it, but to say, what was I doing in the moments that led up to that experience? And sometimes there's good information in that and it's valuable to see that. And sometimes it will seem like there's no rationale and there's no reason that this panic attack or the anxiety came on. Superhumanize. What I talk about in the book, and I really encourage anyone who has had anxiety to consider picking up a copy. I'm not trying to be a saleswoman at all about the book. The book's doing very well. It's not about that. It's about giving you sort of this this way of looking within yourself. And one of the things that I talk about in the book is this idea that we all have old parts of ourselves, old things that have happened in our lives that have shaped and and transformed us into the humans we are today, including things that are triggers, including things that feel overwhelming, including belief systems that we have picked up and carried, carried within ourselves. 
What I also talk about in the book, which I think is something for people who struggle with anxiety to really give themselves permission to look at is what does your day-to-day life look like and how have you set it up in a way that is either harmful or helpful to your mental and emotional and spiritual and physical well-being? We are these, we are these triads of wholeness, mind, body, spirit. If you talk to a doctor, they're going to talk about the chemical, the physical, and the emotional, mental well-being of a patient because they know that there is so many things that add to the state of our well-being. So for anyone with anxiety, one of the first things that I talk to them about is looking at how you set up your day-to-day life and giving yourself radical permission to do things differently. So for someone like you, for example, I would ask you, do you have notifications turned on on your phone? Mm, I turned those off a long time ago, thank goodness. But the, And that was very, very valuable because that stopped my brain from being in this yes. constant state of alert of something's going to happen. Someone's going to need something. I got to be there right now. That was a hugely helpful thing. Yep. So that's one of my first things that I talk about with people is look at the relationship you have with things that are known physically as a, with electromagnetic frequencies, with the waves that they create and produce, with the interactions that we feel mentally from them. Look at the ways that you interact with different devices in your life. It could be TV, it could be phones, it could be fitness, it could be alcohol, it could be nutrition, but how it could be family. Like, look at all the ways that you are having a relationship with all these different devices within your life because. Those are things that you can start to make these radical new changes and choices about if you start to give yourself that permission to look clearly at how you're relating to it. Yes, absolutely. And those are the things that we also, for the most part, have um, control of. Uh, We can take agency. We can make choices that make us feel better and safer and function, function in a much, much better way. Um, And there is um, one component of anxiety that we may not be able to control immediately, such as maybe switching a diet or stopping to consume caffeine, relating differently to the technologies or our close uh, social circles. Um, And that is stress. This is also something you really delve into in your book. Um, And I, I found especially fascinating how you talk about chronic stress Mm. um, and how that affects our brain. Could you let our listeners know a little bit more about that? Yeah. So it was really important to me in the book to get science-based and data-based driven evidence so that we could talk to the readers, especially I was one of those, you know, like many people, right, you're doing this podcast for probably reasons that are very personal to you. I wrote this book because it was a book that, my God, I wish I had 10 years ago in my hands mm-hmm. to realize how much I wasn't um, I wasn't alone, but also that there was another way of living life. I just didn't know that. I didn't know that physical pain could come from emotional pain. Um, I didn't know how our brains and our body mechanics were intertwined so deeply that if you are 
not allowing yourself to feel some of the emotional stressors and some of the emotional pain that you've experienced either in the past or in the present or futurizing and fearing the future, then how that will impact our physical bodies based on the components of stress. We have our fight, our parasympathetic and our sympathetic nervous systems that many of you have probably heard about that fight, flight, freeze mode versus this idea of laying under a tree and reading a book and eating an apple and sitting on the grass with the sun gently kissing your feet and feeling the freedom to be safe. And I think many of us in, especially the West, um, sort of that modern day society, we have been so bombarded and consumed as consumers with media, with manic awareness of, of life and what's possible that's bad that could happen to us and how to climb the proverbial ladder and success and what it means. And in all of those um, arenas, we've really lost this ability to feel free and to feel safe in our physical form. And so in the book, I talk a lot about what is acute stress and what is chronic stress. And to me, chronic stress is something that we build up slowly over time based on this, this idea of where our belief systems come from. So if you have read or if any of you have experienced some of the things in the book, I not only do I talk about different science-based evidence of stress, but I also talk about how to look at your own life and sort of identify what are things that are causing the stress that you're going through in your life. Because if you were to say to me, I wake up every morning and I feel panic the minute I wake up, the minute my eyes open up and I'm aware that I'm lying in my bed and the day is starting, I start to get anxiety. Okay, that's something that we need to peel all the layers back because that is a chronic state of living in stress because we have so much adrenal fatigue. We have so many people who have different forms of autoimmune disorder. And I am fascinated with the fact that if you, and I've talked to many doctors, I've interviewed them on my own podcast. If you talk to a lot of these doctors, they will talk to you about stress and the inflammation that it causes in the body, which contributes in many parts to autoimmune disorders. So I really dove deep into that because a lot of people don't realize that they are actually living their day-to-day -day life in a state of chronic stress. And there are certain things that are stressful, which you know, again, it's different. Like I was speaking to anxiety. What I've realized is every person experiences stress very differently. Some people experience stress because they fear, um, like I feared for a long time, my neck going out again, right? Whereas somebody else that might be, you know, a friend of mine or a client of mine, they have a deep stress of an abandonment issue that they haven't recovered from, from childhood, or someone who was perhaps had an eating disorder or anorexia has this fear of weight gain, whereas somebody else has, it, it's just a completely different place. So I talk a lot in the book about going back and looking at these different um, programs that are inside of you to start to really heal and recover and train yourself to see the world and yourself differently. Superhumanize. You jokingly said you don't want to be a saleswoman for your book before. Well, I, I do. I recommend everyone who's listening <laughs> to this get Kelsey's book, Burning Bright. 
Um, and, uh, and, you know, you also just said, you know, people don't feel safe when they're stressed. And I think especially looking at the generation that is growing up currently to become mm. the leaders of tomorrow, I think in, 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 in the, the most recent past, they're probably the generation um, in our Western culture that are most exposed to stress. They're growing up with it. And when we keep that in mind and keep in mind that these are going to be the people who decide the fate of the world and future generations tomorrow, we should do everything we can yes. to help them manage all of these extreme stresses that they are subjected to today, help them acquire the tools. And one of them, you also just talked about, you know, um, climbing the ladder. Uh, mm. Productivity and achievement is so hugely important to us to our society in a sense that defines or we allow it to define whether we're a quote good person and member of the collective or not. Um, you've worked with major corporations to address burnout and yes. um, it, it feels you know so interesting. Um, on the one side we're so interested in, in wellness and optimizing our well-being and, and it's a big part of, of our pursuit of happiness. On the other side, we have this 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 need to for high achievement and high performance. Having a great career, it's stressful. You know, we don't sleep well. We we exhaust our mental energy. We work long hours. So it, it seems completely opposed. These two things seem so opposed. Um, but how can we achieve both? How can we achieve mm. really? great balanced sense of wellness and still if we so desire have this this career this this fulfillment in the calling or in the work whether it's a personal calling or we just quote um, want to achieve a certain financial status how can we balance that it's such a great question i love it so much you know one of the things that i loved writing about in the book was this section called excavating pure joy. Mm. And the whole idea is first you have to sort of go back for a moment and look at where, and there's a very simple exercise and I can share it now with everyone. There's a very simple exercise to take a true moment and maybe you light a candle, maybe you take a couple moments to just breathe and you have a pen and paper and you wanna just check in and ask yourself where in my life do I feel disharmony? And when I'm talking about where, I'm thinking of the mind, the mental body, the physical body, and the spiritual body. So knowing sort of that we operate in this triad of wholeness, this triad of wellness, to take a look at, and if you were a doctor or sort of somebody more science-based evidence, you would want to look at the chemical part of you. So the actual evidential-based parts of you that are not in harmony. So I recommend in the book, I love going to um, maybe a functional medicine doctor or someone beyond sort of the typical scope of the medical practices that we know today and getting a deep dive look into your blood work once a year to see, because oftentimes, as you talked about with anxiety, um, and I know I'm going off of this for a moment, but it's really important for people to understand 
you may also be feeling the sensations of anxiety because there could be a chemical imbalance in your physical body. And if you don't know that, then you're going to do all these different practices and trials and tribulations to try to quell over your anxiety when it could be something as, and I'm, I'm not a doctor, but something as as simple as iron deficiency or, you know, something where there's an actual physical chemical imbalance in your body that needs to be adjusted to harmonize that ability that you have to feel well and to feel at peace. So that's an exercise that I recommend to everyone as they're looking to combat burnout and looking to find this energy of joy is First, be real with yourself. Get a real assessment of how do I feel mentally, physically, spiritually, slash emotionally. And once you look at that, then you can start to say, okay, if this is my life, this is my one life, and these are the things that I know are not really harmonized. And if you have a problem sort of configuring or looking at this part of yourselves, ask a very close, trusted friend. It could be a partner. It could be a dear friend. Somebody that you know is going to help see the parts of yourself that you maybe don't always see. So that is my first recommendation. And then we talk about excavating pure joy. So in order to excavate pure joy and find that balance that you're talking about, you have to really give yourself permission to say, do I really give a shit about climbing the said proverbial ladder? Like what does success and happiness and joy look like to me in my life, in this life? And this is for now. In a year, it might change. And that's beautiful because we are ever evolving, ever transforming beings. But if you're not aware of what actually makes you happy now, then you're constantly just chasing this very um, unrealistic idea of what's going to give you success and happiness. And in turn, it's probably causing you more anxiety because you're separated from yourself. And fear is very much a huge part of anxiety. When we have this idea of what we won't get or what we we could get, but it might not happen or what could happen, but you have to protect yourself. All those ideas of fear, which is false evidence appearing real, F-E-A-R, mm-hmm. is going to take us further away from that present moment and that present moment of laying under a tree, reading a book, feeling your body on the earth, feeling safe to be in your body. I love what you just said about fear. And I think that is so fundamental. It's a question that we you know, need to ask ourselves, do we want to live in fear or do, do we want to live in love? And I think a lot of that fear comes from also what you just said. Um, we need to examine our goals in life and are they things that we truly, truly desire from our deepest core or is it things that we think we should do? And do mm. we really want to spend our life living the shoulds Or should we go for what we really, really, really want? And that's, again, something with your um, path. And it has to do with growth and wanting to grow, being open for everything that comes with growth. So the different um, stations in your journey, um, as I said before, I feel you've just been, you just followed your inner voice and you were very open for growth. Now, a lot of people are very afraid of that. Um, Maybe you can share with us what your biggest challenges and lessons were in these times of transition and also the advice you have for people who are afraid to take 
that jump, you know, whether it's a career shift or, um, you know, relationship change or whatever it is in their life that feels more like a should instead of a want. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And let me go back and just say, we're all part of the human condition, I believe is, you know, both joy and sorrow is both wanting and aspiring and equally fearing and uh, and sort of like depressing this idea of of whatever it is that you dream of. So just to start off by saying it's very human and it's very normal to have both fear and joy and openness. And so I think it's more about not trying to act as if you aren't going to have all of these human experiences because the human being does suffer. So you will have suffering. And it's not about trying to get away from that. And even when I say excavate pure joy, it's about unnecessary suffering being eliminated, right? And that unnecessary suffering looks something like, even though I'm telling myself I should do this, I actually want to do this instead. And then you have to get really honest with yourself and say, okay, if I want this, but I think I should do this, which voice is talking inside my head? Is it the me that knows and trusts my, my wants and desires are beautiful and are worthy of being seen and met and felt? Or is it the me that has these old imprints, which is something I talk about in the book, soft imprints and profound imprints, that has these imprints of who I think I'm supposed to or who I believe I should be in this moment. And anytime you're looking at the words should and supposed to or have to, I always tell my clients and students to question that voice. Because more often than not, that is coming from an old belief system and an old imprint that was either given to you or something that you had happen and you put up a control barrier to believe that you have to be a certain way in order to be loved, in order to be worthy, in order to be successful, in order to be seen. And those are worthwhile to question because a lot of times we have these OS, these operating systems that are just running a loop inside of us that are actually expired and old and unnecessary, hence the unnecessary suffering. And we've just kept them activated and in play because we haven't created space for something new. So when you say in my life that I've followed these things, yes. And has it always been easy? 100% no. But I do feel that it has always been necessary because I know that I know what it's like to suffer unnecessarily. And I don't want to do that again. So I do everything that I can and I make choices every day to trust and to do differently because I want to feel as much of that peace and as much of that trust and joy within myself in this life that we all came here to live in, we all deserve. But I have to be the one to believe I'm worthy of it, to believe that I'm capable of making those choices. So sort of answers, I hope, both of those questions. But that's how I recommend people get started with it. Superhumanize. You just said something very important, you know, the believing and feeling that we're worthy of that. Uh, and I think that also has to do with the, the ability to receive. You know, mm. a lot of us are very comfortable 
with giving, you know, to others and putting oh, good, yeah. good energy out there. But receiving can be tough. I know that for myself, you know, I've had uh, to work on being open to receiving abundance, to receiving positive change. And something that helped me there was to realize that receiving is also a form of giving. It's, it's a form of surrender. It's, it's, it's a form of if somebody else is involved to allow somebody else to give you something, you know, that that's a beautiful thing. Well, it's like hugging, you know, in my retreats, I would ask people to, when I would lead some of my bigger retreats, I would ask people to try to give and receive a total of 12 hugs that day. Oh. <laughs> and I'm telling you the energy, the physical, actual evidence of what a hug transmits and gives to us is profound. And not only it's like that, and I would do these, I used to do this in a lot of my workshops too. I would have people sit back to back as we went through a meditation practice. And as we would go through the practice, I would lead them and guide them through this at first, the awkwardness of a stranger and feeling like you want to make sure that their back is comfortable. So you're kind of uncomfortable and like not knowing how much lean. And then as I would guide them through this practice, they would sort of soften and slowly start to release. And I, the exercise was intended to show them how the more you actually surrender to support and give, your, give yourself over to receiving someone else supporting you, the more that the two of you are naturally supporting each other. And, it's, and your physical bodies demonstrate that because they sort of all start a little nervous and rigid and very quickly can tell if they're a people pleaser. <laughs> and then, which I am by nature, that's exactly how I have been. Um, and I've had to learn very much how to be myself and in being myself that is that alone because i feel a sense of joy and peace and happiness that will become then the way that i can share love and joy and peace with other people and so it was this beautiful exercise because by the end of it they didn't want to not be connected. They didn't want to not be back to back because it felt so juicy and delicious to surrender and let go and then feel this energetic support with that they both received in the surrender. Yes, absolutely. And to be able to share that energy then and be in joy, which brings me to the next thing I really, really want to talk with you about. And you have released a beautiful app, the Pure Yay! Joy app, Pure Joy app. And it is really so beautiful. It's, it's this, this amazing tool of learning and support and creating practices. Um, and what really blew my mind is that you actually created this at the end of 2020. I mean, when <laughs> the world <laughs> couldn't be more upside down, right? So in the midst of this mayhem, you create something that is just so beautiful. And um, yeah, I, but I want you to speak about this. You are the creator. I'm, I'm just a very grateful recipient of yet another amazing tool you put out there. Oh, thank you so much. It is, it is, and it was a true labor of love. I am so excited and so thrilled to have it out in the world. Um, and basically I realized I have 
I've done a lot of courses and classes and workshops and um, tutorials and all these different things over the years. And I realized I was like, there's not an app that at least I've seen that has all of these tools in one, you know, you can get an astrology app, you can get a fitness app, you can get a meditation app, you can get a, a moon manifesting app, you can get all these different things. But there wasn't one app that I had found where I could both get a workout in, I could meditate, I could have sound healing, I could have a full moon release workshop, a new moon manifesting experience, a EFT, which stands for emotional freedom technique, which I am a huge proponent and fan of. I share how to do it in the book, but in the app, I was able to offer actual practices of EFT for stress, EFT for anxiety, EFT for back pain. Um, so having this one-stop shop was really the intention when we built it for, there's three categories, mind, body, spirit, and then there's subcategories like pure sound, pure healing, pure Reiki, even to be able to have a 15-minute pure Reiki healing where it is distance Reiki healing that meets you in the moment of when you click play. So I'm just, I'm so amazed at what has already been created and the messages I get from people saying they finally got a good night's sleep after listening to the 10 minute sound healing or whatever it may be. And it has been such a beautiful gift for me to be able to share because I can't be with people in person and I so miss workshops and retreats and all the things I was traveling around the world to do. But now it feels like I can still connect with my community and we can share these practices. And it's for everyone. I mean, I have people tell me that they did a meditation on the app with their 12-year-old daughter and their 18-year-old son and uh, people who play it to their grandparents who are perhaps ailing. It's just, it's really phenomenal. I'm so proud of it. And there's truly so much more to come on it that we haven't even shared yet with other teachers that I love and adore with um, astrology readings for every month, for every sign, for your um, sun sign and your rising sign. We're going to have a tarot card reading every month. Like it's just, it's, it's beyond what is going to be coming too. Ooh, you so have me a tarot. <laughs> I know, right? And it's great because I get to introduce a lot of these incredible teachers and friends of mine that haven't had maybe, you know, a bigger platform yet, or they're very much like moving from doing one-on-one -on -one sessions to sort of workshops and other things. And I get to like highlight and spotlight their work because they are so incredible. So it's exciting for me too, because I've always wanted to help support the other teachers and healers in this community. Um, and I, know them all and I can, you know, vouch for their work and because I've used it personally for myself. And I'm just thrilled with what we're going to keep sharing with people. Well, you've created a wonderful, wonderful thing there that will help so many people get through these times. And I also love that you're strengthening the community of healers via it. So the Pure Joy app, you know, wherever you can get apps at the app store. Um, and uh, I love, I've been browsing through it all. You're sharing so many beautiful 
techniques and tools there. And what I ask every guest um, uh, when I want to have a conversation is, you know, the practices that most profoundly change them. So speaking, what which practices actually most profoundly change your life personally? 100% Reiki. Mm -hmm. um, learning Reiki, understanding that I have the power and the ability within myself to self-heal. Um, and also to learn when I need someone else to do Reiki on me. You know, that whole, as we talked about before, that whole um, importance of both giving and receiving. So being able to give Reiki to others, being able to receive Reiki from others, and then being able to have the same relationship um, with myself in Reiki. And I would say Reiki was definitely the turning point for me in understanding how powerful we are as human beings and the ability that we have to channel this energy um, is just something that I will never not take that I will never not know and for sure hope that I will always have the reverence for it that I do today and that I've had for many years. Beautiful. And anyone who wants to learn more about that, of course, can take a deep dive in your beautiful book, Burning Bright, or, you know, connect to the Pure Joy app. But people who want to connect more directly with you. How can they get a hold of you, Kelsey? Yes, please. Um, I love hearing from all of you. You can email us info at kelseyjpatel.com. You can also, I'm very active on Instagram, so you can come over and say hi at kelseyjpatel. My website's Kelsey J. Patel if you want to take a Reiki training or learn more about the app or my podcast or anything else. It's all on my website, KelseyJPatel.com. Excellent. And I'll make sure to put all that in the show notes. Kelsey, it's been um, such a pleasure spending time with you. Such a blessing you sharing your wisdom with us. I'm very, very grateful. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you so much for having me. Superhumanize. Accelerated evolution.